Hi, Sachin. Hey, good morning, Dinkar. How are you? I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm doing good. So, uh, Sachin, um, incidentally, I was a uh, few days uh, yesterday. I was Saturday. I was on a plane, and um, I had ordered some food. So they wanted to confirm I'm the right person. So can you tell me your full name? I stated my full name, and the person sitting in front of me turned back and said, Dinkar Charak Thotwaks. I said, uh, uh, I said yes. I said, I've been listening to your. Uh, podcast you and such as okay <laughs> that was that was like uh, uh interesting yeah not so that was like um 75 divided by 1.4 billion chance <laughs> that you you could cross <laughs> yeah that was a rare uh, occasion yeah i'm not going to cross check your probability here but i'll i'll go with that <laughs> it, it it was an insane probability so that, that was good yeah and uh, one of the things uh, uh, I was thinking of, uh, you know, as I talked to that person, I was thinking is that we talk a lot about um, uh, the uh, engineering excellence side of things uh, that, that comes naturally to us. And we have talked about what kind of metrics to use. We have those thoughts and opinions, right? But we have not, we have said that they should be in juxtaposition to business outcome. They should. Uh, correlate to that uh, if uh, you are unable to find a direct causation at least see if there is a correlation uh, establishing correct and then i thought that uh, probably we have not spent time enough on uh, talking about how to discover business outcomes because i think uh, the assumption a lot of um, at least in the beginning of my career and a uh, lot of technology teams that i work with the assumption is that uh, business knows what they are doing. Usually, what they uh, th that's true. Uh, business has has their own way of measuring outcomes, which usually they do. And uh, we'll do our thing here, and they'll do their things there, and you know uh, things will work out. Uh, you know, and uh, I don't get all this uh, the ratios and financial ratios and this uh, business metric and th that's why I became an engineer. So I don't want to do that now. But I think uh, it's very important for tech teams to understand uh, business outcomes. And also actually where tech has become core of the business, the business also has to think of new ways of approaching how to come up with business uh, outcome uh, metrics. Correct. And I know that uh, you have, you and I have worked uh, with uh, various um, enterprises. Uh, we have been in a lot of situations where we help, have helped uh, people do that. So what I wanted to do is uh, walk through our, um, uh, walk through our top four. I don't want to say top four. I think the, these kind of, these four approaches kind of culminate the various scenarios we have seen. We'll walk through all of them. And we'll discuss that how we have um, enabled the tech team, the product team, and the business team to come together, uh, use these approaches to decide what kind of business outcome metrics to look for. Yeah. So uh, that's what I wanted to do today. Anything else you wanted to add before we dive into this? No, this is uh, a 
big enough topic if we could cover in 30 minutes uh, at least the introduction of it and then probably we can go deeper but this is pretty good good so i'll uh, quickly share my screen you can see this right yeah the, the first I, uh, I had one question around this <clears throat> is sure. if you think about um, i mean we have this slide, uh, if you, uh, what you just flashed these four points, we have talked to at least 50 people about this, and these are customers. Yeah. And what we realize is that this framework fits them only when we show them. Yeah. So um, if you can just walk us through, like what are these areas in which they operate? And then we can talk also about uh, why it is so difficult for people to come up in the first place with these things. It will be good. Sure. Hey, I, I, I don't know the answer of uh, why it is uh, difficult for people to, uh, but you know, um, and, uh, it's, uh, and it's a fact that uh, when we show this to people, they get it. Correct. Uh, and, and, uh, and this kind of goes back to the basic product management uh, philosophy that a lot of designers use, a lot of product managers use that. <clears throat> People don't always know what they want, but it's very easy for them to say what they don't want, right? So for someone to kind of know, hey, this is my approach, it's, it's very hard. And that's why so many frameworks and so many methodologies exist, right? But they can look at all four that we're going to introduce and instinctively they know they will know in their organization what will fit best correct uh, now why of that honestly i don't think i know i don't know if someone really knows uh, but um, th th that's a good observation right uh, it it fits them once they we show it to them uh, correct. Right? So, let's go with that for now and i'm hoping that um, when we show this uh, in this uh, video, uh, it will appro you know, it will make sense to someone, uh, right? So yeah. the first approach uh, we're talking about is key business outcomes based uh, approach, right? Now uh, this evolved uh, such and based on what I did was I uh, collected a lot of uh, business outcomes that uh, people have talked about in various enterprises, kind of made a list of it and saw if any kind of logical grouping exists. Um, and what I noticed was that uh, most of um, the outcome metrics revolved around improvement of efficiency and effectiveness, right? So th these are the kind of metrics that tell you that we have a business process and uh, in um, after we run this transformation program, we build this uh, web app, we build this uh, internal tool, we uh, get in this product into the place. Uh, instead of 15 steps, it will become five steps. So they're talking about uh, efficiency aspect of it. Many times people will say that, you know, we go through the uh, steps, but it doesn't really have the effect. People don't really get it. So they want to change certain things. So people understand what they're doing. They understand the importance of it. And they make, uh, you know, uh, not just robotic decisions, but value-based decisions. And that's where you know, they want to make, uh, re redo the whole thing and make it a little more effective. 
uh, right? And bulk of the metrics kind of lie there. Yes. The second thing uh, that I, uh, uh, you know, started noting it's uh, true for consumer uh, uh, products, true for smaller uh, enterprises, though not that uh, true for a large enterprise. It's my favorite gripe, right? Um, that uh, um, if, if you look at enterprise, uh, the kind of interface they would develop for their customers versus what they would develop for their employees. Employees, I'll always get the worst of experience uh, for some reason, I don't know why, um, in the internal software and everything. But anyway, uh, that, that aside, there are a lot of metrics that help um, track the improvement in experience. These are a little more emotional, um, qualitative uh, things like NPS score. Hey, did you feel, you know, th those kind of things. Now, a very... Uh, and this is where a few more lie. Very few lie in measuring the increase of influence. Now, increase in influence, I feel the most common one is um, App Store uh, star rating, right? Uh, many people, uh, many people object to that as a outcome metric because they say it's a vanity metric. You, know, you can run mm. a program. You can ask a user to give feedback when something good happens. So they will give, uh, there's more chance of them giving a positive feedback or someone goes and takes the pain of giving a star rating and a feedback where something is wrong. So, you know, your app store ratings will always skew towards uh, bad experience. And uh, then people uh, do these kind of balancing acts that ask a user when they had a very good experience, hey, do you want to go and give us a rating now that you had a good experience? And many times uh, people run some kind of, uh, you know, campaigns also, uh, to be honest, I have seen uh, people do that. Th that seems to be a very popular uh, approach. But if you look at it, it's, it's a way of uh, increasing your influence in the market, right? It, it's a metric that tells you what's your influence out there. And for uh, B2B, it becomes even more uh, complicated. A lot of people uh, look at uh, market penetration as these kind of things, right? Um, but there are very few here and um, uh, we can discuss when we do the double click uh, some recommendations and approach to take. The fourth one is the trickiest one and this I've seen very uh, happen in very few uh, places. Now, what happens today in my opinion is that uh, th there's this whole thought process of let's collect data. Uh, there's little bit of you know data gluttony there. Let's collect data, let the product collect the data then we'll put it into some warehouse, then we'll get some BI tool, and then someone will get some data analyst and they will look at the data and they will do slicing, dicing. They'll come up with some magic insight and bingo, and we will make uh, millions, right? That reminds me on uh, slash uh, dot, I don't know, Sachin, if you still have people had this algorithm, do this, do this question mark, and you know now, now you're successful. And, Every time what that third step question mark is the big, but here also, right? But uh, what we are saying is rather than make it um, a post facto, ex post facto uh, thing, be a little more deliberate about it. Try to figure out uh, what is it you want to know about uh, what the market trends can tell you. How do you read those market trends? Be a little more deliberate. What is it you want to look for? 
and try to bring them early and try to track them as an outcome much earlier. So these are the four um, business outcomes uh, categories where a lot of metrics fall. And uh, this is one approach where we go and tell someone that, okay, let me help you get a coverage. I know instinctively you're focused a lot about one. You rarely think of four because you think that later when we have a data, we can do slicing, dicing. But let's have a conversation and figure out that in each one of them, what are one or two metric? I mean, uh, at some point, probably we should also discuss about uh, metrics gluttony, right? Uh, measure everything. There's a cost to measuring everything. There's a cost to attention. There's a cost to tracking something. And there's a, a cost to remediating if something is not going right. So so that, that that's the first approach. Um, Look at these four categories, come up with one or two key metrics that will help you measure this. And that becomes uh, a uh, way for you to measure business outcome of a product. This approach works well in organizations where the IT, the engineering and business are working very close to each other. And there are very uh, open lines of communications between the two. There's more interaction. Sachin, talk talk to us about this approach. Sure. Um, so, Dinkar, in terms of like uh, the framework which you mentioned of the four pillar, uh, this is more so from the engineering team's perspective. And what I have seen is in organizations, when you want to communicate what your engineering teams are achieving and delivering value, uh, these are the three pillars comes to my mind. And how do you see this is, first of all, uh, there are many stakeholders in an organization. Sometimes these are uh, people who fund your program. Sometimes these are people who consume your software. And uh, whenever we talk about consumers, these are not end users, typically like, uh, uh, a, like social network. We are the consumers of it. I'm talking about sometimes stakeholders and consumers who are within the organization as well. Example is a bank. Uh, traders are consumers of software developed by the IT systems, uh, IT teams within the bank. And when they are doing it, you need to figure out that the value is communicated in different channels. So the four pillars you mentioned earlier about um, uh, are you increasing the effectiveness and efficiencies? Are you actually trying to figure out uh, future trends, increase user experience or influence? All those things you can communicate through these three pillars. So let's talk about each pillar one by one. The first pillar, which in my mind is about building the right things. This is about focusing on delivering features which matters to your end consumers. There should not be any wastage. Any feature which people are not using or they are not getting value out of it is a wastage which we have created within the system itself. Mm -hmm. uh, it is practically product tech debt or product debt, if you will. Um, when you think about monitoring success of a product, uh, we need to identify, first of all, metrics, the right metrics, and then inject them within the, um, your measurement framework. And uh, you don't need 20 measurements. In our experience, which we have spoken to customers, you need only few per stream. So if you have 10 teams working on different, different parts of an application, you don't need 100 metrics. You need few. Uh, each uh, stream can actually have only few. And when you uh, build these metrics, essentially anytime for one feature, you complete one uh, path uh, for features, 
you can actually start tracking whether this is delivering any value for my customer or not with a purpose. So is the hypothesis being successful or not? Now, the second pillar is all about delivering the features on the left, but delivering it with the right implementation. It is all mm -hmm. about engineering aspects of building product. And uh, although I use the word product here, uh, think about product as only a unit of software which is going to users. Everything what we build is a product. It can be platform. I mean, we use product very loosely within organizations or use product when it comes to in a package. But to me, anything is a product which goes as a unit of software to customers. Mm -hmm. So whenever you are delivering it, make sure that you are building it in the right way. And are you building it for scale? Are you building it for high maintainability? Are you carrying so much technical debt? Uh, is it well tested? Is it having least amount of bugs? Is your deployment uh, strategy well thought out? And all these things, when you do it, these are super critical, not only for actually engineering teams, because to also support the things on the left, which is building the right things. What if customers are asking tomorrow a feature which needs to be delivered rapidly to response, respond to a market condition. If your uh, engineering stack is not well-defined, it is not well-implemented, uh, uh, your team is not disciplined, you will have so much struggle to respond uh, to customer request in an agile manner. And here, agile I'm using truly to respond quick enough, not in terms of like the agile, which is again, overused term in the industry. Now, the third pillar in my mind is all about managing the things well. Software, when you build it, it is just 10% of its life cycle. Some of the softwares which we have seen, Dinkar, are running for 20 years in the industry. Mm. And when they are running for 20 years, literally for last five years, everybody's scared to even touch the software. Mm. And they, they are worried about uh, ensuring that uh, nothing breaks it in this. Otherwise, somebody's job will get lost. So what we are talking about is managing the things well is, is your DevOps strategy correct? Are you deploying it well? Are you evolving the software along with the time? There are no, uh, I mean, everybody knows about the Log4j fiasco, right? There was one vulnerability and I don't know, Dinkar, uh, whether industry paid uh, a few hundred billion dollars in terms of just effort, collective effort of testing, building, releasing, managing, all that stuff for that one Log4j. Uh, yeah. Talk about free software, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hey, nothing uh, against in, free software. <laughs> absolutely, no, no, no. It's it's all well. the The point is that you need to manage all these things well. Any software you build has to be managed well, and you need to also measure that you are doing it correctly. Exactly. Uh, and this can be done through again your metrics of. Um, mean time to restore. The 4Q matrix has a pretty robust uh, measurement framework for that. And you need to have very solid discipline to manage your technical data and evolve your software stack uh, with time. So these are these, these are the three pillars Dinkar comes to my mind. What I feel is that this approach works very well where these are two distinct organizations. Uh, there's an IT organization which is under pressure to talk about the ROI of investment in ways of doing excellence, why excellence matters. So they, they have their own metrics. There's a right. product organization which is calling out the value of building the right product. And there are governance and observability and 
product um, production support and compliance and all that we're talking about various so i think where um, you have uh, distinct departments uh, who are siloed in some way sometimes for needed reasons maybe in banking and financial institutions where they do want to keep them separate these kind of uh, metrics work out very well that's an excellent call out dinkar i mean in terms of like uh, these three siloed uh, and we have seen many of our customers have these three silo organizations yes, yes. and uh, um, and what i have seen as a downside of that is basically when the middle part which is engineering believe you talk to them they say either it is problem of the left pillar or the right pillar that the overall product is not successful uh, the and this is result of multiple things obviously organizational design and what not uh, but if you have these kind of like proper robust measurement framework in place exactly. then uh, rather than subjective and prejudiced conversation you can have very evidence based interventions exactly. saying that this is what i want to do and obviously at some point of time in future we should also talk about what what measurements we can suggest for some of the things by using a case study or something like that but um, let's continue with the flow for stakeholders dinkar that will clarify a lot of things sure so you did mention right uh, in organization there are different kind of uh, stakeholders and uh, the third approach that we have found uh, to be very useful is uh, especially in an organization which are little hierarchical where uh, the execs are highly involved and these tend to be either very traditional large enterprises or and even a you know modern enterprise which is kick starting and transformation so there is a big investment and uh, you know various leaderships are very keen in looking at uh, the the how, how the transformation is going and having some kind of metrics around its success so what this approach does is basically it says hey forget uh, teams uh, forget outcomes let's take the approach that the execs uh, know best and they have figured out the things in their mind and all we need to do is uh, get a list of their expectations and uh, figure out what's the right metric to measure that and if we meet expectations of this whole variety of uh, stakeholders we would have effectively arrived at the key business outcome and if you look at it the things that uh, we often see is there tends to be an exec sponsor a ceo or someone right who essentially signs the check right who essentially takes money out of the margins out of profits and everything and say okay let's go and do it and there's uh, you know uh, maybe sometimes it's the same as a chief business officer maybe it's uh, someone else but business officers are the people who are responsible for the um, you know revenue coming in the expenses going out um, in some way to hold the pnl there are ctos who are saying that we need to bring in this technology we need to bring in this approach for us to be ready as a business us to scale then there are people uh, who are responsible for the product management and they're saying that hey you know uh, just because uh, engineering wants to build something uh, maybe business doesn't want it just because business has asked for it uh, can technology uh, do it and who's thinking about the customers who's thinking about the users you know how will they consume it so they have all those kind of metrics going in their mind 
And definitely, if you're building a product, that product is part of some business process. And that business process will have some business head who may have some numbers uh, on uh, setting on their head that, hey, we, we are giving you three or five million to build this. And ultimate aim for you is to build your business using this product. So they're keeping track of that. There are people who are selling that business, you know, they're selling that business product and saying that, okay, now we have this tech product. I want this tech product to facilitate my sales, enable my sales or do whatever, you know, uh, needed to improve with my revenue. There's an engineering person who's saying that, you know, um, we, we have a lot of engineers. They're really smart people. We need to keep them challenged, engaged, give them a visibility into where their work is going, the value their work is uh, developing, uh, is generating for the organization. So they're thinking of all that. And then there's the head of design and UX who's thinking, okay, customer experience, minimum number of clicks, uh, ease of use across channels. There is the PMO head who is saying that, hey, you know, I've been given this much budget. I have to deliver this much scope in this much time. And that's what I'm laser focused on. And if there are a lot of vendors uh, and if this implementation is done by a vendor, there's a procurement head who's saying that, hey, you know, we be paying you so much. Uh, are we getting the right rates? Are you the right vendor? So if you look at it, right, uh, all of these have variety of expectations from one program, which is building that product, right? And uh, what effectively this approach does, it gives you a very, you know, uh, very uh, much used word holistic or much used phrase 360 degree view, but it really tells you that what you're doing, how different uh, people in the organization uh, ecosystem, I call it a stack because at some point, you know, if you're a product and you're building something, right? It feels like, oh my God, I have these 15 layers of bosses who are every day coming and asking me what happened, what happened. And uh, that's why I tend to use this. So this, this approach, as I mentioned, works very well in a very hierarchical organization or an organization which has brought a lot of things together to kickstart a, a big transformation journey. And there are all these stakeholders are curiously watching uh, and uh, with the intention of, of course, uh, encouraging and helping out and unblocking all of this. So this is a third approach that we have seen work very well. Precisely. Precisely. This is very critical. Yeah. So the next one, uh, Sachin, I wanted you to introduce is, uh, this is, um, uh, you know, a research paper uh, that uh, we have been using. And uh, do you want to talk a little more about this one? Absolutely. So, uh, Dinkar, and uh, this also very well segues from your last slide, is different people in organizations have different, uh, uh, basically, they are looking for different markers. Mm -hmm. But in reality, if you think about the uh, common thread from even CEO to the engineering team, the goals get translated at different level because of the measurement or the information resolution changes. But you are still contributing to that larger vision or goal of the organization. And this is sort of that. So uh, I'll use uh, some annotation, but the right way to look at this is go from bottom to top. And uh, that's the hierarchy we are talking about. Mm -hmm. And it also resonates very well with um, uh, the directionality of your org uh, structure as well. Is 
when you are looking at these metrics one, uh, in- sorry to interrupt one inside joke lately we have been getting a lot of heat on directionality yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so directionality of the metrics is one yeah, of the very critical it. things to understand yes yeah. um so what we believe is that you should think about observable metrics as um, it, think about it right uh, most of the times when expectations are laid out by these different stakeholders to the teams um you don't know what to measure and by the way this whole slide and this framework is very useful to figure out what we want to measure how do we want to we measure these things and the research paper which is actually in the footnote it's worth a read they talk about uh, according to their research more than 90% of businesses today which they researched uh, require some level of business case to be prepared for getting funding Mm. and that means somebody is actually putting a deliberate effort in uh, writing a page or two to explain why they need to receive this funding for the program which they want to run but they fail to articulate the value what they will give in an objective manner and the authors actually take long effort in figuring it out how to do it properly in a scientific manner but what we can do here is in a simplistic way that i have just extracted the actionable part of it and we we are uh, trying to use it with our customers as well as internally and we are finding good amount of success with this framework is mm-hmm. you I, if you don't know what what is the benefit of something you can actually start with observable things um, what do you mean by that between you and me let's say you are sponsor i am actually the engineering team leader we should just discuss what will be the visual indication or observable indication of something is working well mm-hmm. and this is not scientific but this is just you and me are agreeing to each other right. so uh, one of the example would be is that you we run a call center and you go and you just like have a town hall meeting with call center people every week uh, and you just ask them as a business leader is hey uh, folks how was last week was there any improvement because we released couple of features to ease your pain and now when you see this people can say hey uh, i i see my people are just little bit more happy since you gave them that one step was removed it was very great or the other now, way around or the other way around they hate or they were they are not happy with this new system because it just increased their uh, cognitive load or their effort or something like that now if you receive this feedback you know what you want to measure and that is where you introduce some level of very basic measurement and right now you you don't know what is good or bad you just want to put up a measurement to see example to your uh, earlier uh, comment is if people are not happy how did it impact them so i would like to measure the average call duration of customer support and if earlier it was 3 minute for last 6 months now it has gone up to 3 minute and 15 seconds that's a pretty big bump in my mind mm-hmm. and then what might might have caused that uh, we should talk about it now next thing comes is quantification is uh, if i do this whatever change i am proposing how much benefit plus or minus i will actually see in this particular thing i want to reduce the amount of time per call or i want to actually increase the efficiency of people uh, and when you do that You, you are just building gradually from observable to measurable to quantifiable now all such measures don't need to lead to financial eventually 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is okay to just leave it there. Example is I'll go to some something else. Uh, is in one of our customers' case, they wanted to improve the search efficiency, mm-hmm. but the search efficiency has like two hops before you can convert that into a financial benefit, like yeah, yeah. revenue or conversion rate or some sort of things. But for the first minute, we need to know that what is my convergence? Um, what is my search relevance? Search relevance. And then when I do search relevance, the improvement resulted into something. People mm. are searching more. People are actually uh, feeling that they are clicking on the first result more often and so on and so forth. But in case of call center example, you can pretty much link that to financial benefit very quickly because a 15 second reduction into average call time can be quickly articulated into higher throughput of people. They can process uh, uh, more uh, calls, uh, less number of people are required, plus each call also is charged by minute. So now in this case, you can quickly translate this kind of quantifiable measurement into a financial measurement. So just to recap, if you want to think about a call center type of thing, you can say observable benefit would be is how happy my people are or unhappy to measurement. uh, You can introduce a measurement to see what actually is uh, the benefit which people receive because of which they are either happy or what uh, like problem we caused, which made them unhappy, quantifiable, what kind of percentage improvement you can actually expect by making certain changes. And then financial, if you have ability to link that to a financial benefit, you can do that. And now on the right-hand side, what you see are three columns based on these activities and these evidences, you can say, I want to do these new things. Hmm. I don't want to do these things. And I want to do these things in an improved manner. And if you think about creating this table of two dimensions, you can practically create a business case out of this table once you run the exercise. And uh, these four slides, what you mentioned, Dinkar, it should be fairly straightforward to understand the expectations, then uh, start putting into this table, and you should be able to have very robust framework of measurements and no uh, major metrics gluttony, as you mentioned earlier. Right. So, uh, yes, uh, one thing I do want to address uh, in case someone is kind of wondering, because this has often come up, where do frameworks like OKR and all that come into the picture? And I do want to call out is OKR is a, you know, there is an objective and there is a free result, right? So where do these objectives come from? This is where this exercise comes in. What are your key objectives, right? Now, once you have got them, what technique you will use to measure them? Uh, what kind of results will you achieve? The exact metric, maybe you can use the OKR methodologies, whatever, right? But in order to figure out uh, that what are the on the left-hand side, right? Th- these are the key objectives and these are the metrics we want to use for them, right? So uh, how do you figure out what are those things we want to measure? What are the business outcomes we want to measure? And then whatever metric you want to choose, maybe that's a double click uh, we can do in a future time. We can have some recommendations and we can absolutely studies. Yeah. So this was uh, useful, I hope. And uh, what I will request people to do when I, uh, you know, when I share this on LinkedIn and probably if you're sharing it is, um, uh, you know, ask people to comment um, which of these approach 
they have used uh, knowingly or unknowingly or uh, which of these approach do they fit uh, think which of these approach they think fits well to the current or some previous um, you know project or if they have any questions or uh, objections on this method please let us know we'll try to address them in future episodes yeah, we, we don't get too many objections which little worries <laughs> uh, we, we get a lot of uh, we heard you it was a good thing but uh, we hardly get a lot of uh, objections so yeah i think uh, some uh, uh, contra view would be helpful to yeah. know what is not working what working so see you around sachin bye bye everyone absolutely thank you so much bye